moment this morning and uh, give you a heads up. We won't be out of here by 11.30, so just uh, buckle your seatbelts and it'll be okay. But uh, Pastor Patty and I had a chance this week to, to go up to Nashville to Trevecca and be a part of a conference called PALCON. And what PALCON is, is it's about every four years, you know, if pandemics don't happen, um, it's about every four years. And uh, it's Pastors and Leadership Conference. Uh, nothing fancy in the name, but we had the opportunity to go and hear some incredible teachings. We got to sit in on workshops. Uh, we got to see Trevecca, and it's, there's a lot of remodeling going on and new things happening there. Such a refreshing and wonderful time. Um, but Patty even grabbed me this morning, and she said, Hey, we've got to sit down and digest together, because from 7.30 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, we just feasted. And for, you know, two and a half days. And when that happens, it's just kind of all mush in your head and in your, your spirit. And it was so good, but it was just so rich. And so I'd ask you in, the, in this week, in the, in the coming weeks, if, if you would, pray for, for uh, Pastor Patty as, as she's thinking of all of the things that we just learned and heard about and how that applies to our, our largest ministry, the thrift store, and what that looks like and, and, and what it means for us, you know, to to serve in this, in this store post a pandemic and what that means and, and how it's different than it was before. And, and that you would also pray for, for me and the church staff and the church board as, as I've been challenged. And, and in the days to come, we're going to have to look at things and discern the Spirit and say, all right, where do we go from here? How, how do we move forward from where we've been and how we've always done things and, and what's next? So I just invite you to pray for us and for you to be in prayer for our church as it's going to require things of you as, um, as we discern the Spirit together. But um, I, I have to be honest because every speaker was brutally honest, weren't they? they? They were just so honest with us at this conference. And not one of them got the pulpit to bring the Word of God and say, I needed this conference. You see, church, on Monday this week, I was dry. I was so dry. I was irritated. I was dry and I was thirsty. But I couldn't name it. I couldn't put my finger on it and I couldn't give it a name. And then we arrive at Palcon, which I hadn't been able to give much thought of prior to. Life's been so crazy. We just showed up and we sat down and it was everywhere. I didn't even realize it. And we sit down and the name of the conference was A Deeper Well. And the, the, the first session began, and we started to sing some hymn together, and I couldn't even say the first word, because I was so thirsty. And I, didn't, I couldn't even name it, but I was so thirsty. And in that moment, I just lost it. And I look down the aisle, and I see Pastor Patty and other Georgia district pastors that are my friends, and we're all just weeping, because we needed the Spirit of God to just fall fresh and anew in our lives. And so for two and a half days, that's what happened we learned a lot of things about the church, but I, I, I want you to know that I was refreshed. And oh, I needed it. And I didn't know I needed it. I needed it. But once I got there, I knew, oh, I, I told somebody, I said, for the next Palcon on the packing list, they need to include steel toe boots <laughs> so that everybody comes prepared to have your toes stepped on. But it was so refreshing. So today, some of you walked in this room and you are thirsty 
you're so thirsty, and you can't name it, you didn't know it, you, you couldn't even have said that and, and realized that that's what it was. And, and Judy, I love the term that you used when we talked last week. You know what we did there? We prayed the glory down. And sometimes we, just, that we would just stop singing and we'd just keep praying. And then the speaker would get up to speak, and it would be about the time that they were, the, they were supposed to be finishing, and they would just be starting, and nobody cared because we were just so thirsty. And so I invite you to pray for not only your pastors, but pastors that you know, pastors around our, our city. This isn't just a Nazarene thing. Pastors are tired after these last two years. Pastors are hurting and questioning. We saw a statistic this week. 46% of clergy under the age of 45 in the last two years have considered quitting. Almost half. And it was just like 37% for all ages. Pray for pastors in your life. But I do just want, I wanted to tell you that because uh, the church was generous enough to pay for Patty and I to go. And, and we, it, there was no better way that that money could have been spent. I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. Well, I invite you today to, to look, we're going to look together at Galatians chapter 5. And, uh, I, and I hinted toward this last week because I was already working on this sermon and my heart was here and I was, I've just been just living in this text for the last two weeks. Has anybody in here ever watched the show Escaping Polygamy? It's one of those good like TLC shows. Yeah. So if you don't know what this is, is it's these ladies who were a part of polygamous cults as children and they've formed a whole organization to try to get people out of them the the people that want out to go in and get them out because a lot of times it's dangerous for them to leave they can't just get out so there's a whole show about it and it's really fascinating but when they when they get these people out of these polygamous cults a lot of times they don't know what to do they're excited to be out they're so thankful but that's all they've ever known and they don't know what it's like. Much like slaves. Slaves from no matter what generation or decade or country you want to pick them out of. Slaves that were born into slavery. When the day finally came that they were made free, they were so thankful and they sang and they rejoiced. But what now? I'm free. I'm free. But what does that mean? It just gives me more responsibility, more responsibility. I mean, think about, we talked about maybe a month, month and a half ago, of Peter just walking out of prison because of the power of the praying church. He went to sleep, he was in prison, he woke up and he was out of prison. Freedom. But I don't have a plan for this. Think about Lazarus. He was all the way dead. And then he was freed from death by Jesus. Hmm. So I invite you to look with me at Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1, and then we're going to skip down to 13 through 15. I invite you to stand as we, as we read the word of the Lord. For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And this is verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
If you divide, devout, and bite each other and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Hmm. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Just a little bit of background of where we're at. Galatians, Paul is writing to this church, and in Paul's message in chapter 1, the whole chapter is, is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news. That, that they hear other things, they hear other stories, but this gospel of Jesus of Nazareth, this is the gospel. As we said a couple of weeks ago, there are a lot of things in the world today. They might look like a strawberry, they might smell like a strawberry, but when you cut into it, it's just cake. It might look like God, it might sound like God, it might smell like God, but when you get to know it, it's not God. It's just an imposter. Paul's message for us today is a message of freedom. You see, we, we so often turn these verses that I read this morning to sin. We think about sin and being freed from sl- of sin when we think about being set free. We're so entangled in our sin, and Christ has set us free, thanks be to God. This is always good news to be reminded of. But I want us to go even deeper in freedom today. Well, it is Independence Day weekend, the 4th of July, and so I couldn't help but think about in 1776, our 13 colonies. You know, they were just sick and tired of being under the rule of England. They were tired of going to Big Brother for everything. If they wanted to do this, they had to ask. If they wanted to do this, they had to go back. And they had to, if anything they wanted to change, they had to call somebody. You know, kind of like when you're a teenager. Teenagers, relate with me here. Christian, good to see you. When, when you want to do anything, you got to ask your parents, right? And it's just like, come on, I, I, I just want to walk down the street. But it's, no, you got to ask mom and dad. See, that's, that's how we felt as... The, the new lands, the, the new colonies had been formed. We weren't free. We were entangled by the boss, by the big brother. In the United States of America, in 1776, we signed the Declaration of Independence, and we are free, and the work is over. Nope. Not even close. You know what happened when we signed that Declaration of Independence? England said, good luck. (laughs) Figure it out on your own. Hmm. So it it seems that we were made free, but now we've got all of this responsibility. And it's a lot to handle. So this next illustration, I I, I can't take credit for it. This is something that I've seen uh, Tim Green do, and... uh, I know he would, he would be fine with me doing it. I'm using it in a different context, in a different scripture, in a different way, but I can't claim it. It's just too good of a thing to not give him credit for. But I want to illustrate this thought of freedom. You know, you probably can't see this, but on this slip of paper, there's three letters, and it says, I owe you. You see, when we as the 13 colonies, we were indebted to England, Right? We owed them. Everything we had was because they started us. Well, you know, we, we became a nation and, you know, we were free. And I wish we could look back and say, we never used an IOU. But if you know anything about our economy, we owe a lot of people right now. 
the U.S. owes a lot of people a lot of things and a lot of money. But you know, that's, that's the culture that we live in. That's the world that we live in. You see, we walk around carrying these IOUs. You know, we, we can't help but, you know, George, you know, in Milledgeville, you helped put in that playground, you put up that fence, and as a kid, I spent a lot of time there. I owe you, George. I do. I do owe you. And, and Mark, man, in, anytime we need anything done around here, just the text and you do it, man, I owe you. And I owe you about three. You know, you, and... Man, Chris, your talents are just so good. This church, we just owe you. We owe you. Here, yeah, you get two of those. Jimmy, all the work you did in the schools, this community, man, we owe you. We, we owe you. We recognize that. Oh, Bob, you know, Bob, we went golfing that one time, and it was the best round I ever shot. And it wasn't anything to do with me, but it was the fact that Bob was there. And you know what Bob did? He helped me with my distances. He said, hey, it's a little windy. You should probably club up. And you know what? It was my best round of golf ever. Bob, I owe you. I do. I owe you. Man, Josh, I've learned so much from you. We've spent time together, and I owe you, man. Here, I, I, I owe you. I do. But you know why I have so many of these? because I've spent my whole life walking around collecting them. I've spent my whole life walking around going, hmm, Wanda, I've got one of these with your name on it because you gave it to me. Because, you know, that one time you were really struggling and I just sat and talked with you. So I, I, I keep this one in my back pocket in case I ever need it. And, and, and you, you know, Patty... Man, that one time I helped you move that really heavy thing from the store. This one, you gave me this one a long time ago. It's in my back pocket. I, I keep this with me just in case I need it. Hmm. You know, and, and, and Tina, I'm so glad you're here today. I took Brittany off your hands. And so, <laughs> and so you, you gave me this IOU that day that you tried to convince me not to propose. You gave this to me. And I keep it in my back pocket in case I ever need anything out of you. You know, and oh, I could just keep going, couldn't I? You know, there, there's people that I cross paths with that all I think about is the IOU in my back pocket. Man, I'm glad I've got that. If I ever need anything out of them, I'll just pull it out because they owe me. They owe me. And then I worry about running out of IOUs because sometimes people help me so much and you guys are such a generous church. I mean, when, I moved, when we moved here, we didn't even unload the truck. We got here and you had already done that. I owe you. I, I, I could just unload all of these. I owe all of you. You know, and the, the denomination that, that, that has, has raised me and, and I went to our university and I, I'm working in our, in our churches... I owe this denomination, man. They've been so good to me. Hmm. I want to point us to a text in Luke chapter 4. Jesus enters into the temple. 
And it's not that Jesus had a sermon prepared. It's that Jesus enters into the temple, and it was the week where they should read from the scroll of Isaiah. And as Jesus approaches, they see him, and they hand him the scroll. And he reads these words from the scroll of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Hmm. So what do we what that that's random, right? Well, you see, the, the Old Testament, it's full of transactional relationships. The Old Testament is full of, I do this for you, you do this for me. And the people of God in the Old Testament, they owed God. That's what the whole purpose of sacrifice was. It was, God, we owe you. You're so mighty, you provide, we just owe you. We owe you everything. We owe you sacrifice. We, we did this, and so we owe you that. And so we feel like We don't have enough IOUs to give God. I could give God this entire stack of IOUs, and it would never be enough. Never, ever be enough. Hmm. But church, when Jesus stood in in the temple that day, and he read those words, freedom for the captives, Freedom from slavery? You know what happened? Jesus looked at us and he said, That IOU that you carried through the wilderness because I brought you through, that IOU that you took with you down into the depths of the whale and and then you spewed out and you went on to Nineveh, the IOU that we've been carrying around with God's name on it, God looks at us and says, Today, in the reading of this word, in the the reading of Isaiah, this prophecy has been fulfilled. And don't think I'm crazy, but God looked at us and says, You owe me nothing. And you say, Pastor, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I owe God everything. What happened in the reading of that is that transactional thought that we had toward God of, of God did this for me, I do this for God. If I just act better, God will give me what I want. Jesus said, you are free from your debt. You owe me nothing. And that is good news. That's exciting, right? We are glad because I just said I could give God all of my IOUs and it would never be enough, right? But you see, we go back to the Galatians 5 text there. It is good news. For, it is for freedom that we have been set free from this idea of debt and owing. And, and, and that's the society we live in, though. We still, even to get a house, we go into debt and we owe people. I've got several of these. You know, we've got a a few student loans left. I owe them. 
we've got the, the bank that we, own our, that we pay our mortgage to. I owe them. I feel indebted to all of you for your graciousness towards me. But God says, you owe me nothing. And then if we look back at our Galatians 5 text from today, it says, it is for freedom that you have been set free. Hmm. So God invited us into freedom, which looks like tearing up the IOU that we've been carrying around for God. And that invites us, that invites us into living lives for God, not because we owe God, but in gratitude to God that God says, you owe me nothing. So what do we do with this? We keep reading in Galatians 5 where it says, Now you have been set free not to go back to the ways of the flesh. We want to go back to the ways of the flesh. That means we tear, God has torn up our IOU. We're, we're happy about that. And then we go back out. We say, Melanie, man, great job this morning. I owe you. I do. And Patty, man, I, I could give you this whole stack. I owe you. And then I walk around and say, oh, George, you know that, that one I gave you? Well, I helped you twice this week, so now that's mine. I, yeah, now George owes me again. What does it mean for freedom we've been set free? It means that I go to George. And I say, George, I helped you twice this week. You owe me nothing. Patty, mm. you know, that one time I helped you move something heavy at the store, and I feel like, you know, you owe me, forget about it. You owe me nothing. You know, to be set free, to really, truly be set free is to go to my brother Mark enter into relationship with him, and he takes out that IOU that I gave him, and he looks at me and he says, you owe me nothing. And he rips it up. Church, we've been walking around passing out a lot of IOUs. And I hope you got your boots on, but some of you in this church are walking around with IOUs for other people in these very pews. And you've carried around for generations thinking that that family owes you for something. And you've carried around on your cousins and on your, your, your grandkids and on your nieces and nephews. You've carried them around and you've thought, man, I've done so much. What gives? If we really believe that Christ has set us free for the sake of freedom, we better be ready to tear apart the whole stack in our pocket that we're holding against our neighbor. Because what does the rest of that Galatians 5 text says? It says that we live into freedom so that we can love our neighbor. And if we have a pocket full of IOUs, we don't love our neighbor. We want something from them. And that's not what Christ is about. But Christ looks at us to say, today and says, hey, if you don't owe me anything, they shouldn't owe you anything. 
But man, that's how our culture sees it. Man, I did a good thing for them, so they owe me. And until we can get past this, we will not live in the freedom that Christ has given to us. When we begin as a church to go and minister to people in communities, and they don't come to our church, we can't look at it as, man, they owe us. We went down there and did a VBS for them. No. No. We look at them and say, you owe us nothing. For we give out of generosity and not out of transaction. For many of us, I think today that our relationship with God has always been transactional, right? God, I, I messed up. I did this. You don't mess up, God, so I owe you, and I owe you big time. And I, I feel like I'm never enough. And God looks at us today and says, you're never going to be. But that's the point of grace. The point is that God is not walking around saying, you owe me. You owe me all your life. You owe me all your money. You owe me your kids. You owe me your job. God is saying, you owe me nothing, for I sent Christ so that you could be set free. But church, our response has got to be lives of gratitude. Lives of gratitude and adoration for the God that didn't say this is a transaction. A God that said this is transformation. Your carnal nature says, I give one, you give one. But God looks at us and says, I give all, so you give all. And when we begin to think in these ways, we begin to look like Christ. But until we can get the IOUs out of our back pockets and just say, forget about it. You owe me nothing. We're not going to make an impression in this world. We're not going to make a difference because, well, you know what? We just look like society. We just look like everybody else who gives so that they can receive. You know, we don't. We don't give the gospel and expect interest in return, you know. We, that's not how this works. So what, is it, what does it mean to live a life of freedom in the sense that Christ has given us freedom? As a holiness people, we call this the holy sanctified life. We say to be sanctified is not to walk around with a scorecard in our back pocket. But to be sanctified is to look like our Lord Jesus Christ, who was taken advantage of even to the point of death. Church, death is not the end. Our goal is not survival. Our goal is faithfulness. So in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to come forward and maybe, maybe you've been carrying around an IOU for just too long. For somebody in this room, maybe you need to walk up to somebody that they don't even know about it. But since your kids were little, you felt like they owed you. And I ask you today to just walk up to that person with an IOU and just tear it up. And say, you owe me nothing. And embrace Maybe it's for somebody in your family that you just, they're tough to deal with and you just give and you don't receive. Maybe you need to come to the altar today and grab one of these and tear them up. To tear it up and just say, Lord, I'm free from this. You have set me free. Or maybe today you felt like you could never 
do enough for God. And the good news for you today is, is that you can't. So maybe today you come forward and you tear one of these up, proclaiming for yourself the truth that God has said today, that you owe me nothing. Man, what a powerful thought. True freedom, not owing anyone, but living in the ways of the Spirit. Carrie, would you come play something for us? Uh, I invite you now to come. Come knowing that God looks at you today and says, you owe me nothing. God doesn't want anything from us out of guilt that we owe him. But God wants from us a lasting relationship that springs up out of gratitude from the fact that we have been set free to live in freedom. So come, let's respond this morning.
Father, today, help us. Help us to be a people that appreciate the fact that you indeed did pay it all. And we can so easily get frustrated that we're not enough, that we keep falling short. Lord, you look at us today and say, yeah, you keep falling short, but you owe me nothing. In response to that, may we be a people of gratitude that can begin to look more like you in a world where everyone is take, take, take and hold to ourselves. God, help us. For Lord, you didn't set us free so that we could go collect our debts. But you set us free so that we could forgive our debtors. Lord, today, may the chains of bondage be broken. Lord, may, may the, the grievances and the, the debts that we have felt toward people, even in this very room, may God, today, may they be healed and restored and renewed. For Lord, we can't invite anyone else to this if we ourselves are bickering and quarreling with one another because we think we, uh, somebody owes us. Help us today to be a holy and sanctified people who live lives that say, hey, God has called me to something different than what the world has. And one of those things is generosity, that we have been forgiven and so we can now forgive others. So that we can walk around not with a back pocket full of, of things and, and holding grudges and, and no, none of that. But that we can look our brothers and sisters in the eyes with grace and gratitude and we can just say, I'm available. I love you. We are one in the body of Christ. Lord, if there's enough bickering in the world, Lord, we can't have it in the church too. Not that we're all going to look exactly the same. Not that we're all going to sound the same. Not that we're even going to agree on everything. But that when it comes to following after you, that we're all in, in that attitude of gratitude. And God, when that happens and we truly live in freedom, the kingdom of God is arriving. that's what you've called us to. To spread this good news of freedom in Jerusalem and Judea and to the very ends of the earth. May it start here. May it start in this building. May we proclaim the gospel to each other through forgiveness. To practice it amongst one another so that we can do it amongst those that we have yet to encounter. 
God, we will be forever grateful. Help us to never take for granted the fact that you have given all for us. And in response, we give our lives. Lord, we love you this morning. We praise you and we're thankful for your Holy Spirit that's here with us now. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, would you stand with me this morning? And as we so often do, would you just hold out your hands to receive this blessing? Today, as, as we do this, your hands are empty. You've got nothing left. So now may you go from this place as a people who have been set free not to return to our sinful nature of the flesh, but to live and spread freedom in the world. Go in his grace and peace today. Amen.